Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. I recently received the following inquisitive email from an eager listener. Is it possible to make a post about things like spinal stenosis and any other bone-related issues? I have spinal stenosis and stress in general, so with sudden pains in places I don't identify with stenosis, I panic and rush to the ER and obviously cannot run to the ER with every quirk I get. So to have info on issues of the bones would be of much help, probably to others as well. Thank you in advance if you will make a thread about what I'm asking. Thanks, AP, for your topic suggestion. And yes, indeed, spinal stenosis is quite a common physiologic condition. And back pain is the fifth most common reason that drives people to the doctor's office. Most of the time, back pain is self-resolving and benign. However, there are rare causes of back pain that can be emergent, And I've reviewed these red flags on how to prepare for your back pain visit to the doctor in a prior article, along with the common causes and treatment options of low back pain in a subsequent article. But let's tackle spinal stenosis specifically today. Spinal stenosis is not often an emergency. It may become chronic and is sometimes a progressive condition of the back, but It's not usually a reason that people need to dart to the ER. Let's review what spinal stenosis is, the symptoms, and some treatment options. But first, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes the House Call Doctor podcast possible, Health IQ. They believe that the best way to improve the health of the world is to celebrate the health conscious through social and financial rewards. They use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 to 33% on their life insurance. Like saving money by being a good driver, Health IQ gets you lower rates on life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. After all, physically active people have a 34% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 56% lower risk of heart disease, and 22% decrease in cancer mortality compared to people who remain inactive. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com doctor or mention the promo code doctor when you talk to a Health IQ agent. So first, let's tackle the anatomy of the spine. The spine originates in the back of the skull and spans all the way down into the pelvis and is made up of smaller blocks called vertebrae. Think Legos. There are five different types of these Lego vertebrae regions. First, there's the cervical spine, or C-spine for short, and includes seven vertebrae that run from the back of the head and extend through the neck. Then there's the thoracic spine, or T-spine, which houses 12 vertebrae that span the upper to mid-back. The lumbar spine and yep, you guessed it, it's called the L-spine, consists of five vertebrae that encompass the lower back, the most commonly injured region of the spine. The sacral spine is the fourth region. This one is simply referred to as the sacrum. It contains five vertebrae as well, but they are fused and therefore they appear smoother. The non-medical term often used for the sacrum and beyond is the tailbone. 
And then lastly, there's the coccyx. It's the very tip of the spine and includes anywhere from three to five also fused vertebrae. There's a helpful image to visualize this anatomy in the written article for this podcast on quickanddirtytips.com slash house dash call dash doctor. Within the spinal cord lies a long canal that spans from the C-spine and ends at the first lumbar vertebrae. This canal houses the numerous nerves that run down the spine and exit at various levels to feed your body parts. The spinal cord ends at the first lumbar vertebrae, but the nerves still continue on past that and through to the tailbone. Directly in front of the spinal cord lies a thick, roundish ring with a central jelly-like fluid within the spine. This is the disc that is referred to in herniated discs. It is there to help cushion the spinal cord in the canal and to prevent all the little bones of the spine from rubbing against each other. So what is spinal stenosis? Well, the word stenosis denotes a compression. And in spinal stenosis, it refers to a spinal canal that is compressed by the nearby surrounding structures that impinge on the nerves running through the canal. Therefore, if the nerves have less room, they can become aggravated and can cause what's called neurologic compromise or neurologic symptoms. If the stenosis is at the C-spine, then it will affect the nerves that run down the arms. And if the stenosis is at the lumbar spine, lower, then it can impinge upon the nerves that run down the legs. So what causes that canal to become stenotic, you may be wondering. Well, this is the root of it all, no pun intended. People can be born that way, referred to as congenital spinal stenosis, or it can develop through time and age. Arthritis is the most common cause. The vertebrae and its bony structures can wear and tear through time, and this arthritic degeneration can impinge on the nerves within the canal and cause spinal stenosis. Herniated discs can also cause spinal stenosis by protruding and encroaching on the spinal nerves that it's supposed to be cushioning and protecting. Herniated discs are common. Many of us have one or more without knowing because it doesn't always cause pain. It's overall benign unless it chronically affects the nerves that it compresses. Spondylolisthesis. No, you do not have to remember this word or even say it out loud, but it is another potential cause of spinal stenosis. It refers to when a vertebrae is out of alignment with the rest of the adjacent vertebrae. If it slips too far forward, it can place pressure on the nerves inside the canal. Check out an image from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons that I've also left on the Quick and Dirty Tips website article for this podcast. Tumors near or in the spine can also compress the canal. Many of these tumors may be benign, such as lipomas or cysts, but are an infrequent cause of spinal stenosis. Lastly, bone disease can also affect the bones of the spine. Examples include autoimmune disorders, such as rheumatoid arthritis, or ankylosing spondylitis, 
These conditions are often hereditary. So now that we've learned the root of the condition, let's review some of the more common symptoms that spinal stenosis induces. First of all, many people with spinal stenosis have no symptoms at all, or their symptoms may be mild, transient, and self-resolving. Because the nerves are encroached upon, the symptoms of spinal stenosis may include the nerves, numbness and tingling in the legs or feet in lumbar stenosis, or hands or arms in cervical stenosis reflect nerve involvement. Back pain is also a potential symptom. Pain is usually induced by certain activity, such as standing, walking, moving a certain way, etc. Most people tell me that they don't have pain at rest and leaning forward provides relief in some. If spinal stenosis symptoms become chronic, however, they will chronically injure the nerves as well, and people may experience weakness of the legs or arms eventually. Doctors would like to avoid this from happening to patients, and if the symptoms become a chronic condition, then they may require further care from a specialist. How do we diagnose spinal stenosis? And how do we treat it? Well, spinal stenosis can often be seen on an x-ray. An MRI is not typically necessary and is a costly test without further usefulness most of the time, unless the patient is a surgery candidate or the pain becomes chronic or there are other red flags. And its treatment really is conservative. That means that we often treat it the same as other causes of back pain, such as muscle strains, herniated discs, arthritis, and so forth. This includes medications to calm down the inflammation, muscle relaxants, physical therapy, ice or heat, and sometimes steroid injections. I've reviewed treatment of low back pain in detail prior, so check out my previous episode if you'd like to learn more specifics. If spinal stenosis is severe, sometimes surgery is recommended in order to save the limbs from weakness or chronic nerve damage. Like most elective surgery, it is often a last resort. Whatever you do though, stay active because bed rest can worsen symptoms and is not typically recommended for those with spinal stenosis or back pain. Well, now that we've learned about spinal stenosis and how it's overall a rather benign condition, there are certain instances in which back pain becomes urgent and sometimes a dire emergency. So if you have any of the following, please see your doctor right away. First, trauma that precipitates the pain. Urine or bowel difficulties. Numbness or changes in sensation of the genitals or the buttocks. Motor deficits, meaning weakness of the limbs. Fever. Unintentional weight loss. History of cancer. And if the pain is so severe that you cannot find a comfortable position. Or share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. If you learned anything here today, or if you simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. 
But please note that all content here is really strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it does not replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The House Call Doctor. Stay healthy and Happy New Year.